You are listening to Modern Retrospect, Retro Hits and Modern Bits. I am Jovan. And I'm Joseph. Sometimes, there are just too many games to look forward to, so this time we'll be discussing our most anticipated upcoming games. We will each have five that we get to dive into, so get ready to hear some all-around fanboying. If you like what you have been listening to so far, subscribe, rate us, or leave a message if you are feeling extra generous. Alright, let's jump right in. Now, just real quick to start this off, I am not allowed to talk about any Ratchet & Clank, Final Fantasy VII Remake, or Legend of <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Wild 2, only for the reason that I have pretty much done that to death over the past ones that we've done, yes. so I will leave that for other episodes. Y- you've reached your quota <laughs> on those games. Yes, definitely. We're going to be moving on to things a little closer to home, and maybe things that people haven't heard of, but we'll get right into it. So, Yvonne, this year, being as packed as it is, what is the first game on your list that has you just counting the days? Okay, so I tried doing something different, kind of just like you. So I, I wanted to keep it a little uh, more interesting. So I didn't pick some of the obvious picks for me, <laughs> right? There's some stuff in there that might interest, you know, say you or other people. But I picked it because it wasn't something I would have uh, put on the list, even though it's kind of like a popular choice. But this first one, it's a little... You know, it's coming from left field a little bit. It's the Famicom Detective Club games. There's two games, right? I remember when we talked a bit about this, but I'm still... It's still one of those games where I'm a little like... I'm yeah, unsure. I believe we brought it up on the Nintendo episode a little bit. Or uh, if we didn't, then shame on us. But uh, <laughs> this is one that really stood out on, on the Nintendo Direct. And there's two games... I'll be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about these. You know, maybe... a youtuber or something mentioned it in the past and i kind of thought to myself hey that's pretty interesting but i didn't know much about it so uh, but there apparently there were two games that came out for the famicom disc system the first one i believe is the girl that stands behind and the missing air these two games uh as stated earlier came out on the famicom disc system and you know the, they're kind of like what, what would you say the the gameplay is kind of like text-based you know, you, I think you, they, you play they usually th- call them like a visual novel, visual novel type games. Yeah, yeah, kind of like um, from what I saw, it looked like uh, you could explore mysteries um, and it's text-based uh, commands. You know, um, I saw a bunch of locations you could explore and you could, you could do the whole exam. Kind of like click adventures, right? You could examine items, interrogate game characters, you know, and, and they went ahead and obviously updated it with modern graphics, uh, voice acting, which I'm really exciting for yeah, right it looks, and it's not it looks often really Nintendo nice does very voice clean acting. like they basically just redrew everything yeah for sure and you know it's kind of funny because you would think these are kind of right up your alley since you really love the phoenix Wright games that's true actually i mean they did pique my interest i'm just i have them on my wish list but it's one of those things of like will i feel dedicated like when it comes out yeah what i wish they would do i'm not sure if they will in fact i don't think they will but I wish they would add the or, the two original Famicom games. Now, the reason I don't think they'll do it is because they would have to go back to the original ROMs and uh, retranslate them and update them. Kind of what they did for Fire Emblem, you know, the, the J- Japanese exclusive Fire Emblem for the NES, or, or I'm sorry, for the Famicom that they yeah. released on the eShop. The, I, I wish they would do that to the original games and re-release them alongside these games, kind of, I guess, bonuses. So that, that would be really cool. It it. Probably would. It's one of those things of the whole how much time do they want to dedicate to it. I mean, I, I it's interesting because I think the hook for them is probably that it's they're not very like 
popular and they were never brought to the West. So they're like, oh, yeah. if we give it a nice coat of paint and make it feel fresh, then, you know, people are going to go for it more. And I, I think it's kind of working because it did, it did catch my eye, like enough for me to go, huh, well, that's interesting because I've never heard of it. And I think Nintendo really needs to do more stuff like this because I'm a huge fan, obviously, of Nintendo and I would pay money for this stuff. I do want to give them my money, you know, so like this, you know, these Famicom stuff and like the Fire Emblem game, stuff like that, you know, you know, they translated Earthbound Beginnings back in the Wii era. Uh, that was an NES game that never or a Famicom game that never came here to the West, you know, stuff like that. They need to do more because, you know, what happens, Joseph, is that they're not doing it. So guess what? I go, uh, you know, I go out and look for it. Right. So yeah, I, I need you told me about your, your <laughs> expeditions. To find those yeah, you things. know, uh, so, ever drives. Is, it, is that what makes you ex- is that what makes you excited about this game though? Because it's it's like one of those niche games that you would probably like talk about or or get into because it's one of those. Yeah, um, it's just history. You know, it's just yeah. history. It's just a piece of history, right? A piece of Nintendo history that we never got. And uh, it's funny because Nintendo's not a company that learns that their lesson, right? They re- they they came out with Mars and Roy back in the Smash Brothers Melee era. And guess what? That was hugely successful because then that gave them the confidence to bring over Fire Emblem to the West. And now that's one of their biggest franchises right now. Yeah, I mean, it did it did have a small tumble for a little while. Uh, uh well. Well, I wouldn't say tumble, but uh, t- tumble, it was not, lacking not as far, in sales, technically. Yes, yes, you're right, you're right. But not, not tumble as far as quality because those GBA games and the GameCube and Wii games were pure fire, you know, no pun intended. You know, but regardless, they invested in the franchise and eventually it paid off, right? So I just wish they would invest in more in their franchise and and bring over more. You know, trust their Western audiences more with this kind of stuff. Well, I think think that's what's actually happening. I think with this, I mean, it's not the first time they've done this. I feel they are slowly over time using it as a way to bring more interest on these either older ones or different types of gameplay styles that have actually become a little more mainstream. So they're like, oh, this is like, this has a market now. Like, might as well. Yeah, you're right. And I'm actually glad they kept the name, you know, the Famicom Detective Club. That's such (laughs) a cool name. You know, the, the Famicom name. It's such a cool name. Uh, I really love it. Now, obviously, I have a soft spot for the NES. Not the NES, or not the SNES, but the NES and the Super NES. I want to make that clear, because I've heard a bunch of NESs and SNESs lately, and it bucks the hell out of me. <laughs> so All it's right, the well... NES and Super <laughs> NES. Okay, just want to make it clear. I, I, but... say, I say it that way. So, no, so no, actually... not you. Not you. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, it's just... All right. All right. So, got that out of my so we're actually So we're actually going from Famicom straight to PS5. So I, for my first game, it's coming out very shortly. Kind of like how yours is actually coming out in May. Mine's coming out in April, like just the end of April. So Returnal, which we did talk a bit about on the Sony uh, Outlook, mm. and I've had my, it, it does, I've had my eye on it ever since it was announced, and it, it is done by House Marquee, it looks beautiful, I could tell that when they were showing it off in its gameplay that it looked like it's it's hitting 60, but that it struggles, and I'm wondering if that's why it was delayed, because they wanted to iron that out. I just have to say that it not only for me is it a cool concept, 
uh, it looks like it's utilizing full assets and and utilizing the hardware completely of the PS5. It looks amazing. I'm a huge uh, roguelite fan, and it looks like this is their type of game doing it. But I, I'm wondering. I'm actually really curious. Hades came out and it you know stole the whole roguelite for not stole, but like it revitalized it in such a way that people yeah, started isn't considering that like that the new studio. That studio is something else, right? That they, they um they could do any almost genre and really knock it out of the park. Yeah, they've experimented a lot with it, and I get this mm-hmm. feeling like if Hades just recently uh, took it where people are like considering it a new standard, I'm almost wondering like will Returnal actually like upend it quickly? And I get this feeling because it's it's a triple A game in full 3D, right? And we're talking huge expansive exploratories next-gen graphics and and performance and and trying to give you this whole new concept of also very story-based like Hades where the lady she doesn't have she's stuck in a time loop on this planet she keeps reliving it but things keep changing she's reliving her memories as you're collecting all this weird alien hardware and fighting these really outlandish alien creatures which I love how there's sometimes I, I don't like how some games when they make aliens they're yeah. like they're a little too uh generic, generic. yeah <laughs> and this just looks like they're going full-blown like this is an alien world and i love it and so for me that's that's actually like my big upcoming anticipated game that's coming out pretty quickly and i'm excited for it i'm, I'm super ex- another game to truly show you know my ps5 like hey come on give me that give me that exclusivity i've been looking for well you know what maybe i should use my ps5 the one that you so generously procured for me <laughs> and maybe try out Returnal, right? So, hey, 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 hey I, I mean... Go right yeah. for it, man. Yeah, I mean, that... that I, I feel bad because I kind of vented on that uh, Sony episode. <laughs> but everything's good now. I'm all good. <laughs> I know, you're like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm good. So, I mean, speaking of PS5, I mean, you have something that you're finally going to get around uh, to playing. Ah, yes. Uh, yes. Okay, so let me give some background here, right? So I got Final Fantasy VII uh, during Black Friday, I believe. I got a, Do you remember I texted you? It was, it was like oh, at yeah, it 2 was in the cheap. morning or whatever. It was, cheap it was like 2, 3 it. in the morning. Yeah, and, and I got the notification, the IGN t- uh, tweet of all things that said, hey, you know, Final Fantasy VII is like 14 bucks on that um, Best Buy, so... I've jumped on it, I got it, and I've only played about an hour or two of it, really. Shameful. And I'm actually glad that I only played about an hour or two, because then they introduced the Final Fantasy VII Integrate during the Sony State of Play. So, very fortunate for me that <laughs> I could just go ahead and wait until June, right? When does it come out? June the 10th? Yes. And, you know, they're adding... And again, not, not to kind of retread you know old ground because we talked about this during the sony episode but they're adding the visual optimizations you know the new story content uh you know lighting texture environments improvements so on and so forth 4k 60 frames etc but what i'm excited for is that one they're adding the was it yuffie is that her yuffie Ilfer- oh yeah uh, infiltration uh midgar kind of um dlc story dlc so I- i'm excited you know what i feel like I feel like people who missed out on Xenoblade uh, on on Wii, but then it's okay because they got to play the Xenoblade uh, Switch edition, you know, with better graphics and a side story added. This kind of feels like that, doesn't it? 
It kind of does, yeah. I think I think one was probably... Well, I definitely can't say one was easier to do than the other. Um, one was pretty much like a, a pseudo-remaster, but yet also a yeah. remake. It's kind of weird. Xenoblade Chronicles is like a remaster slash remake. Some people like to make the joke that Final Fantasy VII Remake is basically Final Fantasy VII Remake, the remastered version. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, like that, that, Integrate yeah. is basically that. It's a remastered version of For the sure. Remake. And you know, I was watching... Digital Foundry had a video now. Digital Foundry's a YouTube channel that does all these analysis on graphics, um, etc. And they were doing an analysis on Final Fantasy VII Integrate. And so, you know, they saw a lot of upgrades, obviously. They could see, you know, textures look better and 4K at 60, etc. But they also noted that a lot of the scenes were less a graphical update and more so like an artistic uh, choice or, or an artistic change so you know maybe on the ps4 you know one scene uh, took place during the day but then on the ps5 it took uh, place at sunset and that and that changes the look of the game because of the lighting etc so i don't think it's really going to be during day during night what i think actually is going to be is a similar thing that they did with the spider-man ps5 version where oh, it's a similar it's a similar yeah, it's a similar thing, right? So they upped the textures to 4K, they upped the resolution to 4K, and they gave a 60 f uh, 60 FPS mode, right? So it's very similar, mm-hmm. actually. But that's true. Some yeah, people were yeah, some people were annoyed because the lighting in uh, Spider-Man PS4 is dynamic lighting, but in cutscenes it's baked lighting. So you know, it's actually like they make the lighting for that scene; it stays mm-hmm. that way. But in the Spider-Man PS5, it uses you know, ray tracing. It keeps but the also dynamic uses... lighting. Yeah, but it keeps the dynamic lighting and it utilizes the ray tracing fully. Now, in some cases, because of the artistic, you know, look of things, some people thought that some scenes artistically looked a little better on the PS4 one than the PS5, but it is kind of debatable. That's what I'm saying. It is debate yeah. on what you kind of prefer. Now, for Final Fantasy VII, I'm curious to see if they plan to utilize dynamic lighting where they set the lighting purposely to be that special you know uh way that it, it's uh filtered or not filtered there's actually a better word for this i know it's it's not dynamic dynamic is different well it doesn't than, really need yeah, dynamic i mean the original well, game but i feel like th- they th- might have set the light sources in mm-hmm. Final fantasy 7 enough that even though it's utilizing real time you know changes in lighting i get the feeling that they're they're doing it to make it so that it still keeps an artistic choice, but there might be small differences. Well, you know what? If I'm being honest, I care less about the graphical updates, which they're nice. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm, I'm I do excited, wish yeah. that they would take some of the time to maybe iron out some of the issues that they had with the original game. And I'm not saying the original game had these huge clearing issues, but you know, from what I've read and heard, there were some things here and there that that could use you know another look at. Uh, specifically, maybe the ending seems to come up a lot. People, you know, people say that the, the ending could be—it's a little controversial. Well, I don't know, and I don't know if that's they could do anything well, about that. I'll—I'll I'll give you a—I'll give you like a little. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'll give you a little info that based on the ending or any padding that is done, I kind of get the feeling that it was way too early to cut down on. And what I mean by cut down on on what they consider controversial and what they consider padding. Is that it's almost like what you learn, what you find out, and you move it into the second part. Yeah. A game like Final Fantasy VII Remake, I don't know if cutting stuff 
like this early would be like so maybe that was a know. maybe that wasn't a good example i guess not necessarily the ending but i also heard that there's some other bs like um especially towards the end where you, they make you there's some grindy sections or some repetitive mm, sections yeah. stuff like that but you know what i don't know i haven't played it the point still stands if they kind of go back and take a look at some of the stuff i almost you know and this goes for you know nintendo with skyward sword too like when they re-release these games you know, I do wish that they would just take another look at some stuff that didn't work and not just, you know, update some of the graphics and, and then feed it right back to you. But anyways, excited for that game. I can't wait to play it. Hopefully I get to knock out some stuff from, you know, between now and then and clear the decks as, you know, as they say, um, to really invest myself in this game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I put that limit on me that I wasn't allowed to put it in my list because I <laughs> Gush yeah, but see, gush about but, but, it, how excited I am, but I'm mean, I, but yes, I didn't know I'm happy that I mean. it is part of your list because I'm like, good God, you well, just play well, it. Well, when you already. told me that you weren't going to add it to your list, I thought it would have been an interesting addition to my list because I don't gush about this game, well, right? Obviously. It wasn't a game that you'll I... gush about it as soon as you're done. <laughs> yeah, when when I record that episode, I'll be gush. Yeah. That... Yeah, that's exactly what yeah, when people we, want to hear. When we talk right? about one day, yeah, I mean, you're going to be like, oh, it was amazing, and you know. All right. All right, so, I don't think people want to hear about us gushing anymore. That's, that, that sounds kind of weird. Well, I have a different tale to tell that is not Final Fantasy VII, and that would be Tales of Arise. That game has caught my eye ever since it was shown off. And I think it's been, I think it was showed off in like 2019. Could have been 2018, I do forget. But okay, it's by Bandai Namco Entertainment, and we all, well... If you're not familiar with it, the Tales series is a long-running franchise. It's gone on for, what, like two decades now? I'm actually glad you added this because I'm a huge Tales fan. Yeah. right. I've been playing this series for a long time. Well, eh, I'm not going to sit here and lie. Okay, so <laughs> I played it on the GameCube. No my one will first... know. No, well, yeah, but no, it's, it's, it's ingenuine. It is a long time because it's, you know, what is it like? I don't know, 17 years now or whatever. But I, I, mm-hmm. my first Tales game was Tales of Symphonia on the GameCube. And then I went back and played uh, Tales of Abyss on the PS2. And then I've gone back and I played a lot more Tales games. So huge fan of this. I'm really glad you added it to the list. Yeah, because the, yeah, the first game, I actually, I have not finished it. But the, the first game, it's funny. I've known the Tales games for a long time. Way back when it was... Uh, they were showing case. They were showcasing uh, Tales of the Abyss for 3DS. I almost got it, but I didn't. The other one was Tales of Asperia, which was the first Tales game that I actually did buy, and it was on the Switch. It was on sale, and I haven't finished it yet. But I was really, really enjoying it. I when it comes to RPGs, I have a thing where sometimes I get off and I don't get back for like a really long time. But I was really liking it, and I've always had a thing for keeping up with the Tales franchise, even though I didn't play them. But Tales of Arise, I feel like, okay, the, the art style, the way that they <laughs> are finally, I guess you can say, taking the direction of the graphics and the look of the game in a much more, I guess you could say in a much more current-gen way. Uh, it, it looked it looked beautiful when the first trailer came out. I loved the art style. The idea behind it was great. The combat looked amazing, and it's all utilizing the uh, Unreal Engine. It looks It's a fantasy sci-fi. I love those type of games, especially when they look like animes. And the combat looks great. You know what's crazy? These Japanese studios moving to Unreal Engine. Mm, that's kind of crazy, true. right? Uh, because normally, like in the back in the day, you know, in the PS3 and 
360 era, that didn't really happen. Japanese studios really struggled a lot with next gen graphics, unless you, you're, you know, you were Capcom. But you know, having Japanese studios adopt the Unreal Engine, which you know, uh, it's kind of famous for that gritty, you know, that gritty look, which is unlike what it's not what Japanese studios are known for normally. But you know, it seems to be a flexible enough engine to where they're, you know, they're, they're able to adopt their kind of anime style to it. So I'm excited. That's a good engine, and I'm really excited for this game. Yeah, speaking of Unreal Engine, real quick, I think it's just become to the point where it's become versatile enough that enough companies are learning how to use it. And it's it is one of the best engines out there. It's becoming so common to the point that I think Japanese studios are picking it up because it just probably makes their job a little easier to try to make these bigger games that have these assets that they're finally trying to move into some of the newer uh, designs or or uh, inputs that actually people want to see. And I think it was a good choice. A lot of Japanese companies are doing it. I mean, Square Enix took forever to finally get into it, but when they did, I think they. They benefited big time, especially for Final Fantasy VII. So, uh, it's it's. I'm really looking forward to that. Caught my eye. We have no release date yet. They said they're going to be giving us some big time information in the spring. So I'm betting you. I bet you it's coming out this year, and probably sooner than we think. Yeah, it looks cool. So, my friend, you now have the floor. What's next? Alrighty, so next up, No More Heroes 3. This is a game that I've been waiting for for a long time, right? I'm a huge fan of No More Heroes 1, the the Wii version. And I liked Part 2 a lot, too. Not, not, not as much as Part 1. Part 1 really is my favorite. It's the more, you know, the more janky of the two. But there's something about it, almost like, you know, almost like an indie song or an indie movie, something that's really rough, but that kind of roughness really adds to his charm. And, you know, and it's just, it was just such a fun and delightful game. And it took advantage of the Wiimote really well. And like I said, the second one was great as well. So I've been waiting for the third one for a long time and we never knew if they were going to make it because, you know, the first two didn't sell, you know, like games, like gangbusters. So it was always up in the air whether they were going to release a part three or not. And, you know, Suda51 is kind of nuts anyway, so you never know what's going <laughs> on with him. But first of all, Travis Touchdown, he he's the protagonist of this game, right? And is that not the coolest name ever? Travis Touchdown? It is a it's very so, catchy name. It's kind of like a name. I mean, come on. Name. It's so cheesy, but so awesome, right? He is like him and Bale have so much in common. Oh, yeah. Like Bale is like the sexy badass and Travis Touchdown is the cool 
bumbling goofball, you know? Pretty much. They, like, they have so much in common in a lot of ways, right? But kind of their own also unique touch. Very memorable characters, I think, just because of how oddball, yet just how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How enthusiastic they are. I mean, they're both cool in their own way, right? You know, Bale's sexy but badass, and Travis Sarsan, like I said, he's, you know, he's he's a big dork, but then he'll slice you up with his, you know, with his beam sword, I think it's called. But what what's kind of has me curious, although a little hesitant, is that the trailer, now, that's, that was a beautiful trailer. So the trailer debuted in a Nintendo Direct, I believe. Is that right? It, it did, yeah. Yeah, and, it you know, it showed a bunch of aliens and... I mean, it was all over the place, right? It had to do with... It, it was an a, an animated trailer, and like an anime-style trailer. And it was just insane with aliens. And I mean, I don't even remember half of the crap that went on in that trailer because it was just so nuts. But it was just so cool. It is, it is just so No More Heroes and so Pseudo-51 that how can you not be excited for this game? And it looks like they're throwing in a bunch of other gameplay stuff like they're throwing uh, a first person horror game in there you know kind of like some rpg stuff in there i mean they're really throwing the kitchen sink and if you know suda 51 not everything sticks but it's that kind of throw everything at the wall style that he has it really makes unique experiences and i can't wait for this game what what do you think well about no more heroes 3 it's interesting because i've been following that franchise while not playing it. Uh, the first and second one, that I remember seeing that they were like the cult classic games on the Wii. Like, they were highly rated, but they just weren't as known as well. And they, well, and they just gained exactly such Well, not exactly highly rated. <laughs> well, well, okay, well, I'd say fine. They have, they have a niche, but they're still actually, in regards to reviews, they actually, what they call, have a huge following. That oh, I sure. would say rates it pretty decently. A but dedicated it's a cult. fan following. Yeah, it's like a cult, great cult classics. And when they got re-released on the, the eShop, the first two games, um, they actually scored some pretty high marks on there. And so it's, I feel like the them pushing No More Heroes 3, I feel like Nintendo saw the opportunity to be like, hey, we had the first two on the Wii. Let's straight up get a hold of the third one and, and let's make it a big deal. It's the perfect time to get it because I feel, do you notice the kind of gaming community has kind of gone that way where the niche stuff that didn't get as much attention is coming back with like full force with either new games or sequels and then they they somehow garner even more attention or reviews than before because i i feel like nintendo is kind of the biggest one on that they are big on getting franchises that they know are in people's mind in the back of their heads and bringing them into the forefront that get a lot of people excited so, and I think the, the director's been teasing the hell out of this game by doing those funny things where it's like the game's playing behind him, but he's like talking about something else and he didn't give us like trailers for like who knows how long. So it's kind of finally nice that it got, it has a release date now. No, for sure. Yeah. There's not, a, they haven't released a whole lot more info. So there's not a whole lot for me to say other than, Hey man, it's Trevor Touchdown. It's no more Hero Streets, you know, and it's going to use the Joy-Cons in a similar way that the Wiimote was used, which is super exciting. So, yep, can't wait for to play this game. Well, after talking about No More Heroes and his story, technically there's a different type of story that I want to talk about. So, oh, look at that segue. <laughs> so, Monster Hunter Stories. Now, the second one 
that they showed off at a very particular Nintendo Partner Direct last year. I didn't believe it was going to get a sequel. I thought Monster Hunter Stories at least was going to get like a remaster maybe, or a Switch edition, a port. I've been really hoping they would have done that, but by the looks of this, they're not. That does not mean that I am not excited for Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin. That game, because the first one, like, if you think about it, like No More Heroes, was considered to be decently rated, but it was good enough that it gained a huge fan following. And I remember that was a beautiful loving it. 3DS game, wasn't it? It it really is. I played half of it to the point where, once again, RPGs for me end up going away for a long time. But then the funny thing was is then I went away for it for so long, I bought the iOS version, and it runs like at 90 frames, and it's really crystal clear. It looks beautiful. I've been basically just replaying it on there, and it's it's a great game. It can be a bit slow to start. It can kind of feel a bit repetitive sometimes, but there's a lot in it. it I almost A lot of people compare it to being almost like better than Pokemon, okay? And that's that's pretty big. Some people said we've gotten tired of Pokemon actually like Monster Hunter Stories. Them fighting words. Yeah, and, and a lot of people say, yeah, I'm just saying, and they're saying Capcom just seems to be saying, you know what, people want this. Let's give them it. So they're releasing it on Switch and PC. It's releasing July 8th. It recently got a <laughs> recently got release date. And mm. I'm excited for it because not only does it look like it is highly improved in its graphical prowess it looks gorgeous it's it's like watching a really nice studio ghibli looking movie this is a good year to be a um monster hunter fan isn't it <laughs> oh definitely especially you're, with the you're, right now monster you're hunter playing uh, monster hunter rise yeah and from yeah. what everything that you're saying and the reviews it just seems to be another you know yeah they've they've got Capcom. me hooked they've got me hooked mm-hmm. i mean i'm i'm looking forward to the the save data thing you get to carry over and you get special awards if you get Monster Hunter Stories 2. That's and cool, I know it's yeah. released on PC, but I'm probably going to straight up get it for Switch. I mean, it just, it looks so gorgeous. And I, the story looks like it's well done. It's fully voice acted. The first game kind of had like a, people saying like a different little language. It was like a made up language, but in mm-hmm. like snippets and it was dialogue. But you can tell they, they fully invested a lot of time into this. And it's, it makes me very happy. Like, it means they know what people want. They're like, hey, there's this huge fan following of Monster Hunter stories. Why don't we just get that in there? And it's something they, they haven't dabbled in enough. And I feel like with this game, they're, they're trying to shine a huge spotlight. And I think they're looking at this like a whole other genre they're finally deciding to jump into and, and just go full force in. And you know what? more power to them. I am excited, a lot of people are excited, and I'm happy to see people excited. When I watch the YouTube trailer, and people are just so happy to have a sequel. It, it's it's actually a really good feeling. It's one of those games that I didn't expect to get a sequel, and everyone's just super happy about it. Awesome, that's cool. Well, I don't have a pun or a segue for this next game, <laughs> right? So I'm just gonna go ahead and say, and you know, it's not super original either, I guess. But that doesn't mean that I'm not any less excited for it. And I'm talking about Halo Infinite. Mm, it's a big one. It is a big one. And, you know, I want, I want it to be kind of like a unique flower when building this list and kind of, you know, say, hey, I'm cool, man. I'm going to put stuff that, whatever, who cares? I want this <laughs> game. You know, it had the controversy. Yeah, the graphics probably didn't scream like, holy crap, next gen is here, you mother effort right like you better like it's we we talked about it already to nauseum like the graphics are kind of held back because it's also releasing on the xbox one the fan base got up in arms 
I'm going to be honest, I had a pitchfork myself, but you know, the, the developer delayed it to their credit and Microsoft also to their credit and they're working on it. They're going to, imp- they're going to improve it. But now that I have some time to think about it, I was underwhelmed. I'm not going to lie. I was underwhelmed with the graphics, Joseph. But now that I've had time to kind of stew over it and think about it, I'm actually excited because I thought the Halo 5 uh, and Halo 4 and Halo 5, yeah, they kind of look like Halo superficially, but it didn't really, really look like there was something missing. It's like like the guy that does the Kermit voice right now. Yeah, he kind of sounds like Jim Henson. (laughs) <laughs> but there's something missing. He's not Jim Henson. You could, and and if you're a fan, you could tell. And I know that's a not analogy, but it's kind of that's how I felt about Halo Four and Five. There was just something missing in the style. It, it, it you could, it just wasn't bungee. And this game really kind of gave me bungee. So what feels. you're saying is they're trying to bounce back. Ah, ah, ah that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I have nothing clever to say here, so I'm gonna move on. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it gave me a bungee feel. So I don't know. Maybe the game was always destined to be here. Ah, yeah. Uh, you missed that one. <laughs> oh, okay, no, I, I caught it at the very end. Oh, I'm like, that's oh, bad. Ooh, yeah. oh, that's, yeah, bad. Uh, that's gonna be a hard one for people to figure out if they yeah, don't know about ooh, bungee completely. Yeah. Uh, so, so but yeah, I mean, it it looks good. I mean, from what I've seen, if they're trying to improve, it looks like it's turning out to be much better. And I do know a lot of people, you're right, you included, uh, are happy that it's looking closer to the original. It's a much more cleaner look. And I think maybe they felt they went off on a tangent a little too long. And they're trying to just kind of bring it back to its roots. I notice a lot of uh, a lot of developers are trying to do that these days. And I think it just sometimes they maybe feel like they need to settle back down and kind of look where they came from uh, when they actually do this kind of thing. I mean, it, it, so far, I think it works really well for most developers. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And, you know, again, I don't know when this game is going to release, but... And I know... Want to hear a rumor? What happened? There's a rumor? There's a a rumor that one of the voice actors for... uh, Well, it's not a rumor, but one of the voice actors actually possibly leaked the the date and that it said it'd be out in November. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. For, For a big game... Yeah, if you think about it, though, that's that's actually kind of... I wouldn't say it's yeah. sad, but isn't that crazy? Like, literally, it's supposed to launch in November, but it releases, like, next November. Oof! I mean, it's it's a time crunch, but hey, if it's a better game for it, I mean, you know, I yeah. would hate for them to release a game that literally just it's, sours It's kind of weird, because Microsoft needs games right now. Yeah. But the at the same time, like at the you know that year. old uh, Miyamoto quote? And mm-hmm. I'm gonna butcher it, but it kind of goes like uh, a delayed game will eventually come out, but a bad game is bad forever. Something like to that effect. Yeah, I think I heard something like that. It's yeah. if you if you think about it, it's true. It's better that it's delayed than you know. Yeah, if it needs more time in the oven, then so. you know what. Hey, and you know if you remember, Breath of the Wild was delayed about two three times, and that seemed to work out okay. I oh, it worked out more than okay. Good yeah, Lord. and Breath of the Wild two also got. I'm not sure if it's been officially delayed. Maybe no, not. I could be wrong. No, I don't about that. think it, it was. It's N- been delayed. They Nintendo has been did, a lot um, better about not giving yeah. a specific date until they kind of yeah. know, right? I mean, hell, so, they haven't given us a date at all yet either. So they've I mean, been. They've been ba- really, look at uh, Bayo Three, right? They don't even. Say <laughs> not a single date. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So that's mine. 
Well, uh, speaking of that, there, there's a, a, a special little game that I've been, you know, thinking about lately. It doesn't actually look little at all, but it is Little Devil Inside. And that was a game shown off at the Sony The June presentation last year. And something about it just catches you. Like, the trailer is so well put together. The way it I don't showcases, remember this like, one. What kind of game I, is it? Like, okay, so what it with? is, is it, it has a very um, angular art style. Kind of like, um, have you ever seen uh, Koopo and the Seven Strings? Koopo yeah, and yeah. the Something Strings? It kind of think of an art style like that. And it's, it's very angular. And and very like smooth looking, like something you'd see in like some old kind of art project. And yet the characters are exaggerated, but yet it looks serious. Like it has a serious feel to it, yet there's this subtle slapstick looking humor in in, in spite of like terror. And mm-hmm. it looks like you play like a guy who's hired by like some rich employer. Who, you know, they show, like, the rich employer kind of going about his day, you know, oh, going to the store to to get some coffee or eat some dinner, pardon me, eat some breakfast, and then him in a bathtub or him, like, all these things. And while it shows the other guy, like, he's, like, running through the desert, like, on being chased by some bandits or something or some weird creatures. You see him, like, diving deep into this ocean area. You see him fighting monsters in a forest. And... And it looks so like the trailer sells you on it. And I've seen some gameplay for it. And it just looks like this game is meticulously crafted to have like you resource, ma- you're a resource management. You collect things in these expansive world billionaires. But then there are these small like areas that you can like dive into. You have all these different resources and weapons. And there's like set piece areas. And it's just, it, I mean, I don't, they haven't given an exact release date yet. For it, but I know it's supposed to arrive in 2020. It's a comp from a company I've never heard of, Neo Stream Interactive. Yeah, and it just here. some some people are saying it looks almost like Game of the Year material. It's I watched a little bit of gameplay footage for it, and it just looks so unique. I oh, forget wow. a guy said it's like it looks like a combination of like Dark Souls, Breath of the Wild. Uh, it has everything going for it. I'm saying anything going for it that you want to see in a game that's meant to just be super unique. So good for them i'm i'm very excited for that one yeah i'm gonna check this one out i haven't heard of this game and well you know my memory is kind of iffy so it could be that i saw it at some point last year and you know it's a blur but based on what you're saying it sounds really interesting i'm gonna go back and check it out yeah it's an odd it's an odd title though i don't understand why it's called little devil inside um yeah. I like I the name though. Yeah, I'm, I don't understand why it's called that, but I'm not, it makes me super curious to find out like what happens in the mm-hmm. story, why it would be called that.
my next and final game is East 9. Of course, this is the latest game in a long-running series, and the last game, East 8, came out for PS4 and for Switch. And I think the last... Now, excuse me if I butcher this, so I'm going to give it a the old college try, right? <laughs> East 8, Lacrimosa of, of Dana. Ooh. So, <laughs> that game was awesome, Joseph. That game was really, really, really awesome. I absolutely loved it on the Switch. You know, the localization was kind of iffy. <laughs> it was kind of butchered at first, and they patched it up to make it better. And the Switch version had multiple patches to kind of improve it as well. But you know what? God, that was such a great Switch game to, you know, just run around portably. And, and I, I had so much fun with that game. The characters were so lovable. Uh, they were stuck in an island. You know, it had mystery or whatever. It's just such a great... I don't want to spoil it because I know... I think you've said that at some point you want to play it, right? Well, no. I've actually... I've played a good chunk of it. I wouldn't say nearly okay, enough. Okay. Nearly yeah, enough to... to technically... Yeah, ne- not nearly enough to technically know, like, all the story beats. But okay, yeah. I, I didn't... I, point... I kind of held back. I didn't want to... I didn't want to yeah. spoil anything. So... But yeah, like, the whole... You were mentioning the whole island that people were stranded on. Yeah, but... It, which is... I guess it's a running theme with, with Ease games. Um, In fact, I heard that in Ease 9... They make fun uh, of they it. They actually make a joke, like <laughs> they they actually make a joke where they um somebody tells the main character, you know, haven't you been kind of you know shipwrecked multiple times or whatever. So, but uh, so yeah, so this is a new one in in the long running series, and it came out for the PS4. It's actually out now, so I I could technically I could buy it right now, but I, you know I want the Switch version. Yeah, it's gonna be downgraded graphically, but doesn't matter. These are awesome games for the Switch. Yeah, very high quality. It's you can tell they're, yeah. they stay. It's like they stay purposely behind on the graphical level to just focus on you know whatever gameplay and story they want to do. Yeah, you know, well, you know, it's typical kind of you know these Japanese studios that are not Capcom. Their their games are pretty modest graphically, but they they focus on systems, right? Their whole mm-hmm. thing is systems, uh, story, and 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 their. And their systems, gameplay and gameplay systems, uh, you know, kind of like the, another series called, uh, tri- uh, is it Trials of Cold Steel, I believe? Something yes. Like that? That's yeah. a super, super a long, system heavy game. It's Legend of Heroes Trials of Cold Steel. It's like yeah, a long yeah. title. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I'm playing the first one. I'm playing part three right now on the Switch, which is kind of blasphemous because I haven't played part one and two and <laughs> these stories super connect. Uh, but <laughs> Uh, from what I hear, they're eventually going to come out with part two and, and part one and two on the Switch. They're out now for the PS4, but, uh, you know, it's okay. I'll go back and I'll replay one, two, and then I have part four pre-ordered as well, which I don't know why they do this. Like the company, I think their name is Falcom. Mm-hmm. They released Trials of Cold Steel 4, or is it five? <laughs> yes, yeah, four. They released it's it on four, PS4 right. already, and they released Ease 9 on PS4 already, and then they released they're going to release a Switch one months later. So uh, I'm not a fan of that. I wish they would keep parity and release release both titles at the same time. But the side effect is that it gives me more time to catch up with my current backlog before I get into like a 100-hour RPG, right? Yeah, those games are pretty lengthy when it comes to Yeah, for games. sure. Now, what's kind of crazy is that East 9 is also coming out for um, Windows, you know, for mm. the PC. But it's crazy, but not so crazy because... The E series has kind of like a history of coming out for PCs. The Falcom is pretty, you know, out of a lot of Japanese companies are pretty progressive as far as 
uh, taking advantage of different avenues that uh, historic, you know, traditionally Japanese companies have not taken advantage, right? So, uh, you know, yeah, super excited for this game. It's a JRPG, and you know me, I'm a JRPG sucker. And <laughs> you want you want to take a this... stab at its new name naming convention? You had Lacrimosa of Dana, and then you have East Nine, and no, I don't think I will, Joseph. I think I'm just <laughs> well, I will if you don't. <laughs> it's my brain locks up just with East Nine. I mean, right? I have to think about not saying Wise Nine. And that yeah, I had a big, I had a big problem with that too. The first time I saw that, that thing, <laughs> that, I was like, that in "How itself do you pronounce is, is that?" taxing so. enough. Don't add that other bull to the end of it. So, I'm just gonna stick with E's eight and E's nine mm. and any other crap that they want to add on to afterwards. Forget about it. For all people listening, it is actually Monstrum Knox. <laughs> Monstrum Knox. Oh yeah, just rolls off the tongue, right? <laughs> no. Oof. They they're making uh, Square Enix blush right now. That, that I know they're like they're like we we have the the best Square title. Enix is uh, like wait a minute we, we have a monopoly on bullshit names. So, <laughs> um, all right, cool, yeah, that's 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 it for me, man. Well, speaking of fantasy like games, I've got my final one to deal with, and it is a game that has been delayed so many times now, and I've been really hoping to see it like come out at some point and now it's supposedly saying it's going to come out in 2022 and that is Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. <laughs> I mean, huh. you can't make these titles up. So, well, uh, you, you can. <laughs> well, but yes. you have to be heavily sedated. I, so <laughs> So it's it's a long time delayed game. It was shown off at in 2017, okay? That's a long time. So oh, we're talking help like from Platinum Games. Oh, that's interesting. It, it did have help with Platinum wow. Games. I think they were the first ones to uh, make progress in the game on the combat system. Yeah. Which actually, I get a sneaky suspicion that some of the progress they did on it was actually in a small way connected to the game that they never could that got canceled, which was Scalebound. Um, I really was interested in that game. I have to say, I really was. But you can yeah. tell that. The combat system has a very fast fighting uh, style, but it is more um, more Japanese RPG kind of. I would almost compare it to Tales of uh, Tales of Asperia or even other games going after that, like Tales of Bestiria. But or it like, does um, look not not turn based, but kind of like um, yeah, it's fast RPG. action. Yeah, it's fast action, and you have combos, but it's it's a lot more visceral. I mean, I've seen gameplay mm-hmm. videos for Grand Blue Fantasy, which have slowly trickled out, where they'll actually have. Uh, little uh, sections where they show off either a trailer or a whole segment of gameplay. And let's just say it is gorgeous looking. It's gorgeous. It's running at 60 frames a second, which looks wonderful. And the combination, the way it, it's almost like if you took Monster Hunter, right? You take Monster Hunter, but you make it much faster. You throw in that JRPG flair and just, you know, effects. And you add in, like, the fast fighting of Devil May Cry and even a little bit of anime brawlers with a large, expansive world and a high, high focus on story with lots of playable characters. And especially you can, like, play four-player multiplayer, kind of like, just like Monster Hunter. So it has a huge amount of potential. I think it's been delayed so long because they're trying to make it really, really good. And they've delayed games in the past. It's by Psy Games. And they mostly focus on those Japanese RPG games, and I don't think they've ever made a game this large. I I don't know enough about side games, but I don't recall ever hearing them make a game this big, and I'm just excited for it. 
because I've got that, I've kind of got the thing, as you say, for the JRPGs, and this just looks right up my alley. Like, I would want to just sink time to th- into this, or, like, play with people, and enjoy the story, and you have all these different characters, and it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, I, it looks gorgeous, man. I'm looking at it right now. So, it's not a fighting game, it's an RPG? Yeah, it's a Japanese RPG, and it, it but as I said, it's, imagine, like playing monster hunter except it's a japanese rpg that has a huge emphasis on story and yeah, for yeah, it me looks gorgeous I'm, it does I'm super excited for this this looks yeah, great and, and it looks like it's running really well too so i feel like you know what delayed as is long this coming as out for they Switch like as well? no it's not it's it's mm-hmm. actually they did say it is coming out for ps4 and i think they're just going to have a ps5 version oh, that's cool. uh so i i think it looks it's one of those games where I don't know if enough people know about it, but I know a lot of people have been really like sad that it's still not out yet. But hey, if they yeah. get it to where you know it comes out next year, and I hope it do- it doesn't become irrelevant. It's too good looking, in my opinion, to become irrelevant. Absolutely. And there's still going to be a lot of PS4 games coming out that uh, are you know on the back burner, but they're just going to have PS5 variants. Yeah. So I mean, why not? I mean, I'm I feel like there's there's enough games to go around, and I feel like Grand Blue Fantasy might be like a nice game to maybe start 2022 with. So I mean, for anyone who hasn't heard about it, I say check it out. You will not be disappointed. You know, I'm curious. So this is another great game. I mean, by the looks of it, it looks awesome. And uh, one thing I've been thinking about is, uh, you know, I own a Series X and PS5, and you do as well, right? And we both mm-hmm. we both own Switches, etc. So, you know, last year, as, as messed up as the year was, a silver lining was that, you know, we were home and we got to play a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. Now, from what I see this year, and this is all good. I'm not saying this is bad, right? <laughs> Again, last year, this was just a silver lining that we got to play all these games because we were stuck at home. So it was unfortunate that under these circumstances, the side effect was that we just got to play more games. And that in itself was good, but... You know, but this year it just seems like everybody's just bursting at the seams to get out and just you know do stuff, right? So yeah, it's like a lot of hype, but it's a little overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so let me ask you a question, right? And not to get too sidetracked, it's just one question. H- how do you think the effect of people not wanting to be at home anymore, right? So you know, some you know people have a little bit more money in their pocket. Probably jobs are going to rehire. You know, they got their stimulus money, maybe, and and people are like I said they're just tired of being home so they're, they're gonna want to go out i know i'm gonna want to go out as soon as things get a little better we're definitely gonna start taking more trips uh, if we can so do you think this is really gonna hurt the gaming industry like you know last year they had a record year as far as sales right do you think that's gonna have the I... opposite effect this year i get what you're saying i have a i have a feeling that you might you might be right on that a lot of people are going to be going out but it, it's kind of funny. It's almost like compensation. So if you have a whole lot of people stuck at home, but then you had kind of a trickle of uh, games coming out at a, at a reasonable kind of pace, but it was kind of slow last year. So now this year, it's almost like there's a compensation now, right? So mm-hmm. everybody is wanting the to go out. Gates, but then, <laughs> yeah, but then all... You have everyone going out, but they have all the developers pumping their, their games out flooding the market now with the games that they didn't either get to release or that are now releasing now so i feel like it's going to be compensation i you have a point that maybe sales will be lessened possibly this year but then if you think about it if you offset that with more games then you might still get at least close enough to the sales but i will say this by holiday 
they might just beat 2020 on holiday sales. Because I feel that everyone's in an excited mood. And by the holidays, all the companies are going to be booking to get a piece of the pie. So I feel like it's it's going to be it's going to be a really good year for them. But then we're it's going to be compensated. No, oh, yeah, I think you're right. I I think so. And it's going to be an interesting year, you know. And hopefully things get much better. You know, who knows? Uh, again, uh, I think that the economy is going to come roaring back because people are just going to want to go out. So what what that means is people are going to spend more, and then you know, so on and so forth, right? You know, I could be totally wrong, but I think that you know the economy is going to come back really strong and. Hopefully that also means that the game industry benefits from it. But it, I guess I'm, it's more so on the time side, right? Like, are people just going to have time to play these games? I, I don't know, right? Or are people just going to want to... Are they going to want to be stuck at home and play these games? Not stuck at home, but, you know, we've been stuck at home for a long time. So if you get a game that's like, you know, an RPG, say a JRPG, and this JRPG is 60 hours or whatever. Maybe some people would be like, forget that. I want to go out. I've been stuck at home a long time, so... I could be overthinking and it's just something that popped into my head and I wanted to get to your, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Well, I'd say in the end I just look to the fact that at least things are in a better state now and I mean yes. hell us talking about all these upcoming things we're excited about. I mean it's Absolutely, it, yeah. It, it's it's nicer to just be excited again. You feel better being excited again. So, I'd say for just looking towards a better year, I'd say that's one upcoming thing to just be excited about. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Modern Retrospect. We will be releasing new episodes every week on a variety of video game topics and game specific episodes, along with some other surprises. We hope you stay tuned. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. If you enjoy our ramblings, please feel free to subscribe, rate us, or leave a message through email, social media, or voice so we can hear your feedback on today's topic. If you want more retro hits and modern bits, just hop on back. Have a good one. Bye, everybody.